I want to look in the back of the room at the camera and say, man, downtown had an incredible weekend last weekend. We're so excited about what God is doing at our downtown campus. And uh, Katie and I are excited in the month of October to be with you in person for Growth Track. We're believing for 100 new people for downtown to help us launch Scott's Edition in February, but 100 new people to serve. So we're going to be a part of Growth Track there in the month of October, step one and two, as we prepare for a new uh, location there. Good morning, downtown. Hope you're having an amazing morning. We're one church in two locations. And uh, today is a special day because this week a bunch of groups are launching. And so it's really fun for us. 130 or so small groups are launching these weeks here at the chapel. In fact, in one of my own little, my, my little coffee shop near my house, I have two new chapel groups. And you know, this used to be my place of uh, solitude and and, and aloneness, and so chapel's taking it over. Come on. Uh, I hope I get a discount on coffee there. And, uh, but man, it's really fun this week as they're launching all our groups. So if you haven't yet found a group, we're just about to get started there. You can go on our website. It's sort of like a menu, and it'll give you some direction there um, for groups, and you can sign up for a group there. But um, on the way in, you got a worship guide, and there's a little note sheet in there. If you want to take notes, you can take that out. And, and then we just decided for this month to provide note sheets in the in the worship guides for you and at next step if you're interested uh, because of your giving you've already paid for them there are some notebooks if you want to take those grab one on the way out it's a way to sort of collect these messages you can get one on the way out uh, they're free you've already paid for them with your giving uh, but uh, we just are trying to not click them a lot in this room because I have ADD and I'll, for, I'll think it's Tuesday okay so um, uh, but we launched a brand new series last week on anxiety and, uh, and, and dealing with anxiety in fact I was reading this past week, the American uh, Psychiatric Association said the top four stressors in our life are, are time, money, work, and relationships. Time, money, work, and relationships. And, and if you, you aren't with us, last week we talked about what an uh, uh, epidemic anxiety and stress is in our culture. In fact, it's re reaching crisis levels, $2.1 billion a year spent on stress and stress-related illnesses in our country. Uh, that's up from $800 million, so it's almost tripled what we're spending. In fact, one study that shocked us is even our kids are stressed out. Uh, in fact, the, uh, the American Psychiatric Association said that the average child today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. So even our kids are stressed out. We're the most stressed out nation in the world. The number one mental health issue for women is stress. The number two mental health issue for men is stress behind only alcohol, which is the leading struggle for men. And, and we just find ourselves in a stressed out culture. And, and so maybe, um, maybe you, you deal with anxiety. In fact, we probably all do. But Jesus tells us a bunch not to be anxious. <laughs> And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I read the Bible and I'm like, but how do you do that? Like, do not be anxious. That sounds great. But how in the world do you like actually live that way? And, and Jesus tells us not to be anxious. He forbids anxiety. So, so maybe you've lost your laughter this weekend. Or, or you don't whistle while you walk anymore. Or, or, or you, 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 don't, you don't have an ease of living. You're, you're always asking, what if, what if? I think that's what anxiety is. It's a meteor shower of what ifs. <laughs> like, like, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if the stock market tanks? And what if my house value drops? And 
What, what if, I always think this when my kids are struggling in school, like this is just the first step towards them spending a life behind bars, you know what I mean? Like, what if, what if, what, what if, what if, what if, you know? Every time the, the light lights up on my dashboard, I think my car's totaled, you know what I mean? What if? And, uh, and, and, and really, anxiety ponders what if. And, and let me just give you this. It's not on the notes, but you can write it down, that the presence of anxiety in our lives is unavoidable. But I think the prison of anxiety is optional. So I think we're always going to have a reason to be stressed out, right? And it's just part of life. I mean, how many know there is trouble in life? I know there's those preachers that say if you just send them $1,000 in the mail, you'll never have a problem. But how many know that's not true, right? How many know there's trouble in life? Anybody? Anybody ever deal with, with bad weather, right? You know, anybody, anybody ever deal with uh, uh, conflict in, at work and in your home? And in, like all of us, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable. In fact, Jesus dealt with anxiety when he was in a garden, you know, anticipating the physical and spiritual pain that he was about to endure on the cross, and he's experiencing anxiety. But I don't think we have to live that way, okay? So this series is a, a shout declaration from the Bible that anxiety is going to be part of our life. It's unavoidable. But the prison of anxiety holding us enslaved to its power doesn't have to be true for people who can name God as their father. Will somebody help me out this weekend, right? Like, that's... A reality. And so we're going to start a, a two-part two part message this morning called the nine reasons why. Nine reasons why you shouldn't be anxious. And these are not clever reasons. These are actually all from Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. They're Jesus reasons. So we're going to look at what Jesus has to say about, um, about why you shouldn't be anxious. Anybody think Jesus is uh, important and we should listen to what he says? I can change the sermon if I need to. Uh, I'm going to try it one more time. Anybody think Jesus, Jesus' advice is worth listening? Come on, come on. Uh, Jesus, okay. And he gives us in Matthew 6, in fact, if you want to read the whole chapter, or, or really verses 19 to 34, he gives us nine reasons why we can live a life without anxiety strangling us. In fact, the Latin word for anxious means to choke or to strangle. It, it takes the, it saps the life literally out of us. And Jesus is going to give us these reasons why uh, uh, we don't have to be anxious. And he thinks that these reasons can affect our emotions. That he literally believes that he can attack the monster of our emotions with faith. And I've just been praying this verse over us this morning. All, both of our campuses, all of our services. I've been praying Psalm 107.20 that he sent his word and healed them. I just, I, I, and you say, Brandon, but I do, it's emotional and psychological, and I'm not discounting that there are some realities to that. But I've been praying this verse over our hearts this weekend, that God would send his word and he would heal some people from the grip of anxiety and God, God would loosen the, the war of worry in our life. Anybody believe that God's word can do that, right? Jesus gives us reasons. In fact, I think I just did one more thing, and, the, and that's that choices lead and feelings follow. <laughs> and so Jesus is going to give us some choices, some things to understand, some things he wants to teach us that can drive our emotions. Matthew 6, 19 to 34. But I want to start with the last verse, the way Jesus ends this whole thing. 
And it's his most famous sermon he ever preached called the Sermon on the Mount. He, he, he preaches to a crowd of people that gather around him. And here's how he ends it, Matthew 6, 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. How many know tomorrow's going to give some trouble to you? Hey, anybody? Anybody drive north on 288? Come on, right? Anybody, anybody drive north on Poe White, right? Any, anybody drive north to D.C. at any moment of any day, right? <laughs> 3 a.m. on Thursday, and you're like, really? Bumper to bumper. I don't even like Manassas. And uh, so there's going to be some worries tomorrow, but Jesus says today's trouble is enough for today. Or I love how this, I want you to see this paraphrase, it's so good. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes, okay? Just write this down, here's the first thought if you're taking notes this weekend. You can't live in the future what ifs, only in the present here is. How many know you can't live in the future? Anybody, right? You can't live in tomorrow. And Jesus says something really interesting. He says, I, I don't want you to live in the future. What ifs? You can only live in the present. What is? And some of us are, are having anxiety, which is about tomorrow. And here's what happens. When anxiety, which is about tomorrow, comes, you not only have trouble tomorrow with what you're going to face, but you have trouble today because you're anxious about it. So anxiety turns into double trouble, doesn't it? Double trouble because i got to deal with tomorrow, and double trouble because I'm anxious today. And, and here's what Jesus says. Hey, friends, you can't live in tomorrow. You, tomorrow's going to come, and you're going to have tomorrow's Monday. I, I don't know how many of you got school-age kids. Here's what happens. Sunday night, 6 p.m. at my house, the, the Monday morning blues start Sunday night. Any parents? Come on, downtown. Like, I'm depressed. Why? School's tomorrow. Well, it's, yep, it is, and it's not going to be good. No, it's not. It's going to be the worst. <laughs> Get up over it. Like, like Monday's always coming after Sunday. Just write that down. Profound this weekend. And you can't live in the future. What about just eat your ice cream Sunday and, and be quiet, you know? I'm just doing a little family therapy up here. Can't live in the future. You can't live. That's why it's double trouble because I'm not only going to worry about what I face today, but I'm worried about what's coming tomorrow. And, uh, and what if? And what if? And what if? And what if my what if my daughter marries a guy I don't like? And then I got to deal with him. And what? And she's about to get her learner's permit, and she, she her hand-eye coordination is decent at best. And, and what if my wife is too scared to teach her to drive, and I have to, and I go down in a flaming wreck, you know? And, and, what, if, and what 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 if? Just write this down this weekend. Why would I worry about what might happen when I could enjoy what is, war, what is happening? Hey, let's not live in tomorrow's meteor shower of what ifs might happen, Jesus says. No, 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 don't get stuck there. Live in the here and now. In fact, you know the Bible says 13 times, no one knows. So you say, what's going to happen with the stock market? No one knows. What's going to happen with college football? Alabama's going to win the national title, but that's all we know. <laughs> Other than that, it's up for, up for, you know, we know the Lord's settled will. And most of our anxiety isn't, in fact, how many know most of our anxiety isn't even things that are really going to happen? 
I'll never forget, we, we went to Bible college in Rhode Island, and we attended a church there. And one of the members of our church was a New Testament scholar. His name was Jeffrey Niehaus, and he was a scholar at Gordon-Conwell Seminary, not far from where we were, and he attended the church. And, and I, it was my turn to preach one Sunday morning, and I don't, I don't know if you've ever preached to a New Testament scholar, but they're, they're a ton of fun. And, uh, and I just saw Dr. Niehaus in the back like this. And here I'm doing my best, and I'm like, I think I'm interpreting the Bible right, but, but Dr. Niehaus looks mad back there. So I'm looking at my notes, and I'm, I'm going to fly around and say it again. Maybe I said it wrong. Man, he still looks mad. I'm literally thinking the whole time during the sermon, I shouldn't even be a preacher. He, I, I can't do this, and I'm, I'm messing up, and this isn't good, and Dr. Niehaus is mad, and, and, and I don't know how to read the Bible, and, I, and God doesn't love me, and I... I I should just go back and work for my dad, and I don't know what I'm doing. And after service, I, I went and found Dr. Niehaus, and I said, and I, I, said I, I wanted to ask him how the sermon was, but I wanted to do it in a clever way. So I said, Dr. Niehaus, I'm always looking to improve. Do you have time at any time to grab coffee sometime and, and give me some advice or anything you, you would say to me? And Dr. Niehaus said to me, who's Dr. Niehaus? <laughs> and I said, I thought you were. And somebody had told me the wrong guy. He said, I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm an electrician. <laughs> I was like, well, then why were you so mad during the sermon? How many know we can, how, how many know some of our worries never come true? In fact, how many would admit this week in downtown South, how many would admit that most of the things you, you spent worrying about never come true? They were false prophecies, right? And we have spent all this emotional energy getting locked up and driven into all these things. And, I, and I, instead of enjoying what is happening, I'm, enjoying a, I'm worried about what is going to happen. And I think this is partly why. Just write it down. I think we tend to overestimate the actual danger and underestimate God's actual goodness. And I've come here this weekend to remind you God is good. He sent his son who died on a cross. He's for you, not against you. And he has a future for you. Come on somebody that is good and what we tend to do is fear is just faith in negative I'm sure it's going to be bad why because it's just gonna in the end I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose everything and it's not gonna go and we just worry and worry and worry and Jesus actually says why worry about tomorrow tomorrow will have enough grace of its own. It's not on the screen, but you could just write down Lamentations 3 says that God's mercies are new. Anybody know the verse? New every morning. Do you know what that means? That means when you worry about tomorrow, you're, you're, you're placing your, your, your imagination in a place that there's no grace for. Because there's no grace for tomorrow, only for today. So when I get obsessed with tomorrow, I'm, I miss it. And I need to have a settled confidence of what God's doing today. Okay, today. So Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Then <laughs> he says this, this is a great question. Matthew 6, 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? <laughs> how many know if you worry, you won't live longer? In fact, how many know you might live shorter? <laughs> Can all your, here's what Jesus is saying. Just write this down. Secondly, worry, worry, just put it up on the screen. Doesn't what? Doesn't what? accomplish anything. He says, when all your worry, you think it, worry does nothing. It accomplishes nothing. Anxiety does no good. In fact, 
Doctors say that if you live life in an ongoing state of fear, you'll have a weakened immune system, heart disease, decreased fertility, and even death. So here's what that means this weekend. If you worry enough about dying, it will kill you. Right? But what, what if I die one day? I have great news. You will. You're going to. Worry doesn't accomplish anything. In fact, just if you're taking notes, write down the word rocking chair, because that's what worry is. It's a lot of movement, but it gets you nowhere, right? I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to ruminate, and I'm going to fixate, and I'm going to think, and I'm going to get stuck on this thing, and it's actually going to take me nowhere. It's not going to help me get anything accomplished, but man, am I going to worry about it, and I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to fixate on it, and I'm going to focus on it. About every month or two, I'll, I'll meet with some pastors that are a life stage or two ahead of me. And uh, one of my pastor friends in town retired a couple of years ago and now works part-time at the church. And he's 71 years old. And I took him to breakfast uh, a few weeks ago. And we were having breakfast. And I said, tell me, tell me what it's like a couple of years out of your church. Tell me what retirement's like. And he said, all right, I'll tell you what retirement's like. I, I had all these plans of traveling, but I, I got these unexpected illnesses and I'm sick. And now the church pays me just to do funerals because I'm, I'm just so, so all I do all day is I feel sick, take pills, and bury dead people. I said, okay. And I just started thinking about it. And I, I said, well, man, what was your health like when you were my age? He's like, oh, a lot better than you. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. So I got home and Katie was like, well, how you doing? I was like, I'm not that good. Why? And I was like, because I have nothing to look forward to. One day I'll be old. The church will pay me $100 a week to bury old people. I'll take medicine. You'll wheel me around. I'll yell at people. I mean, what, what am I going to do? And she's like, so what are, you, what are you doing? I was like, I got nothing left. I mean, I, mean, I got a couple years left that I'm useful. Then I'm going to die. And you probably want me to die early because you love alone time. And you don't even care about me. How many know worry doesn't accomplish anything? Won't make me live longer. Won't solve my problems. Worry's just double trouble. I love that definition. Not only do I have to experience the trouble of tomorrow, but I experience the dis-ease <laughs> and fear of today. And Jesus says worry doesn't accomplish anything. Well, then Jesus gets kind of weird on me. <laughs> I want you to see it. Matthew 6, 26. So look at the birds, huh? For real? Jesus, I was waiting for something powerful. Yeah, sit down and look at the birds. Okay. Free and unfettered. <laughs> this is the paraphrase. Not tied down to a job description. Care Don't you love this phrase? It's been rattling in my mind all week. Careless in the care of God. And congratulations, you count for more to him than birds. I've been worried about this point all week because I said, God, the chapel's a very sophisticated group, and, and I'm going to but here it is. I'm sorry. Uh, here it is. Number three. Number three is, here it is, God feeds birds. You're welcome. Well, hey, Brandon, why, why shouldn't I be anxious? Because, God, hey, God feeds the birds. So Jesus asks us to pause and to sit in a chair and to look up in the trees and watch these little birds flying around. 
And he says they have no storage container, no 401k. They don't have barns. They aren't able to store stuff up. In fact, the bird has to get one worm a day. Well, or one worm, I actually have exhausted my entire knowledge of birds. But they have to get their food every day. And he says, you see birds nervous sitting around like, oh, oh, what's going to happen? This is going to be tough. Oh, what? No, he says the birds, they are taken care of by God. And so I'm going to ask my assistant to come out and help me this morning. Hallie, would you come out and help me this morning? This is my daughter, Hallie. Give her a hand, would you? Yeah. Turn that sideways for me, will you? Turn that sideways. So these are birds. We, we bought these yesterday. And tell us their names, Hallie. Their names are? Kiwi and Avis. Kiwi. Kiwi is the, wait, which is the bluebird? Bluebird is Kiwi, and the white bird is Avis. And they, look, you've kept them very calm, even though they're in front of an audience. I think they're doing an excellent job. So Jesus, can you believe this, literally says, hey, if you, if you want to not be anxious, just look at the birds. Do they have to fear their next meal? A little, because my kids are feeding them, but... <laughs> no, these birds, listen, we bought... Listen, we bought these birds, and, and, um, and we don't know, I know nothing about them, so after the 11:15 service, I'm going to give them to whoever wants them. Uh, but these birds don't have a, they don't have a 401k, they don't have a Roth IRA. Do you know what either of those are? Nope. No, okay. <laughs> they, they don't have any savings accounts. They, they, don't, they don't have dental insurance for your braces, which are overpriced. They don't have anything. <laughs> And yet God feeds them every day. And Jesus says, Jesus says, look at the birds. Look at the birds. I heard this the other day. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Here's what Jesus says. Hey, these birds of the air that are creatures are cared for by their creator. And if God provides worms and, and, and life to these little birds, he says, how much more will you who don't have a creator of creatures, you have a father of children, take care of you. And then Jesus says, look at the birds. They are not nervous, really. I mean, they were yesterday when we tried to get them out of the box. Yeah. But they're, they're chilling. They, they, they're, no, no, no. And listen, some of us, some of us, nervous. Just write this phrase down. Careless in the care of God. Free. And for some of us, we've been focused and fearful and worried. And I had this idea that God was going to set some of us free. In fact, I almost just set them free in the building. But then we wouldn't know how to get them, and we have to injure them to get them back, you know. Careless, free, and unfettered. Hey, friends, some of you are locked up and not free. 
Let me give you one more verse. Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 25 says, she's clothed with strength and dignity, and I love this, and she laughs without fear of the future. Some of you see the future and only see what can happen and what might happen, the, passive, the fearfulness. And the Bible says that a person, a woman of strength, looks at the future and laughs without fear. Some of us need to get our laugh back, get our joy back, get our trust back, because anxiety has robbed us, and we need a brand new infusion of fresh joy. Come on, turn to the person next to you and tell them you need to laugh more. Come on, tell them that. You need to laugh more. Turn to your second choice and say, you need to smile. At least just smile. That's so good. That's so good. You can take them. Come on, let's thank Hallie and Avis and Kiwi. Free and unfettered. <laughs> okay. And then Jesus says something so weird. I feel weird saying it because I know you're a sophisticated audience. But let me just say this, Matthew. And you're more valuable than the birds. Hey, guys, you're worth more than the $22 bird I got at Petco. Be encouraged. But, but you, you, it's an argument from the lesser to the greater. Do you, I want you to see what Jesus is saying. He's saying if the creator of the universe keeps track of these tiny little birds and helps that bird find its worm and, and exist in this world, how, how much more if you aren't just a creature to him, but you're his daughter and his son, how much more value are you to God? than birds. <laughs> like if God takes care of the bird, he'll take care of us. So Jesus says, sit down, look up at the tree. This is my bird. <laughs> See it flying around? It's not worried. It's not anxious. It's free. There were two stores when we were buying these birds yesterday. Uh, there was a Petco, and next to it was a store called Wild Birds Unlimited. And uh, I'd never been in there, but I had this, I wanted, a, I wanted like a, a rounded bird cage, one wooden, I, I wanted a bird cage that looked better to bring up on stage today. So Petco didn't have the right one, so I went out and I went, so I did something very foolish. I walked into a store called Wild Birds Unlimited. And I burst in there and I said, hey, I'm a pastor and I got a sermon illustration. Do you have any like, like nice ornate bird cages? Now, maybe you haven't been into Wild Birds Unlimited, but the lady who works there lives her life for heart and soul for wild birds. <laughs> she looks at me like I just set the store on fire. What do you mean? Well, I'm doing a sermon, so I want a nice cage to jam the bird in. <laughs> She's setting off some steam, and my daughter's hiding behind me, and I'm like, do you have that? She's like, sir, we don't have bird cages. We, we're here to help the natural habitat of birds and the ecosystem of life. If you want captured POW birds, <laughs> you got to go next door to Petco. So it's a no on the cage, right? Okay, and I just covered, I was wearing a shirt, I just covered it up like this, and I said, well, if you want to join us tomorrow at Clover Hill Baptist, um, <laughs> let us know. 
That's so good. It didn't occur to me later, until later that night, that her offense was built upon the idea that birds were made to fly. And all of a sudden it hit me and I was like, God, thank you that my stupidity is the perfect closing sermon illustration. That birds weren't made for cages. They were made for freedom. And I just had this idea, what if our rooms this weekend were going to be filled with people that we were made to live careless in the care of God, free and unfettered, laughing without fear of the future. And some of us have been locked up in the prison of anxiety. And God would say to you today, open the door, let go. You were made for something more, for something better. I have great news this weekend. God never sleeps, so why stay up all night? Why, why should two people miss out on sleep, right? You can trust your Father. He cares for you. You're worth more than birds. God has a plan and a purpose, and He's called us. Here it is, number four. Here it is, number four. You're worth more than birds. You are, hey, catch this, friends. You are a what? You are a what? Come on, say it one more time. Go on downtown. You're a what? You're a what? You're a priority to God. You're not an afterthought to God. You're not something that he, that he just wants to deal with. No, no, no. It's, here's, what, here's what Jesus says. If God's going to care for this bird, and you know how many birds there are in the world? So many. <laughs> I have no idea how many, but a lot. You probably can't even get to your car after church without seeing birds. Birds, birds. And they aren't worried and anxious and fritting around, terrified. No, they're just flying around. Oh, and they're, they're not saying to one another, well, what do you think about the worm projections of the future? I don't know. The soil seems firm. And maybe we should, maybe we should store them up. And they, no, no, no. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Why? Because I, I, you know what the... We, blah, 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 blah. This is, this is unraveling. I'm going to close real quick. I just feel like some of us have been locked up, and Jesus says, what if you just took a course in nature? The birds fly unfettered and free, and God has more for us than constantly worrying about the what-ifs, the anxiety, and letting that strangle life out of us. Our Father in heaven, friends, cares for you and for me, and that gives us all the confidence we need to face the world around us. So when somebody asks you at lunch today, hey, what was church about? You just say, birds, we're so into birds. <laughs> we're so into birds, right? Let me just say this, and then we're going to close. And I'll turn it back over to downtown. I wonder if God brought us here this weekend, not for a message, but for a moment. Where he would say, hey, you can learn all these things, but what if knowing that you can't live in the future, you can only live in the present, worry doesn't add to my life, God feeds the birds, I'm worth more than birds. What if those truths in our mind settled down in our soul? And what if God lifted anxiety? So here's what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to turn it over to downtown. I'm going to speak to the anxiety in this room. I'm going to look at that camera today. I'm going to speak to the anxiety in that room. And I'm going to ask God to lift it off of hearts today. Would you close your eyes with me? Come on, close your eyes downtown. If you're comfortable, just hold your palms open to God. God, 
Some people in these rooms this morning have brought anxiety and worry to you. I speak to depression and discouragement, and I, I just speak the joy of the Lord to be somebody's strength. I speak to suicidal thoughts, God, and I pray hope and joy. I speak to the destroyer of our souls that would say there's no future. I speak against condemnation. I speak hope. I speak the blood of Jesus Christ. God, I speak into this weekend in our church and into our city that where there's a spirit of heaviness, there'd be a garment of praise. And I pray where there are ashes of mourning, there'd be the oil of gladness. And God, I pray for people that look into the future with only what ifs. I pray that that what if would be replaced with what if God keeps showing up and your grace and mercy. So God, I pray joy and peace. I pray the hope of God and the very life of God. And I trust this weekend, God, that if you love birds, then you love your people in the chapel even more than those birds. So pour out your peace. May the peace of God come from the God of peace. And may it not be a human kind of peace, but it would defy all imaginations and human understanding and let your peace fill your people in Jesus name we claim it this weekend and everybody said together come on everybody said together amen amen I'm going to turn it back over to downtown turn it back over to downtown